Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Tonight, we're talking about the gifts of healings. Why is it plural where those different times of types of sicknesses? Over the years, I've even seen this in certain services that different people of God, whether they're called to the ministry or they're not, they're not full-time ministry, they notice some people have an anointing for watching certain types of healings. I've seen people that would lay hands on the sick and people with cancer would get healed. I've seen people who would lay hands on the sick and people with um, AIDS, HIV, would get healed. I've seen people who would lay hands on the sick and mostly it would be people with arthritis getting healed. So there's gifts of healings because we believe, according to Scripture, that there are certain anointings to heal certain types of illnesses. There's lots of illnesses out there, aren't there? So that's why it's the gifts of healings. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. If you got your Bible, pull it out. We'll have it on the screen as well. If you have your phone and you're using it for that, that's fine as well. Whatever version you use, I usually teach out of the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. All right. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Look at this. Let's keep going with that. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Uh, you know what? Let's do New King James Version. I feel like the New Living, and I, I have nothing against the New Living, I feel like it waters it down too much. It's so modern that I feel like we lose a lot of the meaning of the gifts there. So let's try New King James Version. Now, gifts of healings are supernatural healing of sickness and disease without any natural source or means. Now, you heard me mention this even last week. I respect medical science. I do. Does it have its ups and downs? Sure, it's not perfect because it's, it's human-made. But I respect medical science, nurses, doctors, nurse practitioners, medical devices. I, I respect it. There's a need for it. Um, medical science. But gifts of healings are not medical science and the medical field, Okay. I read one time someone said, yeah, you know, the gifts of healing are doctors and nurses and everything else. God has given them gifts of healing. Well, according to Scripture, that's not true. That is natural healing, okay? And we need that. We need that as well. I appreciate the medical field, though, but Jesus never healed anyone using medical science, okay? We're going to get into some of those examples tonight. So check this out. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, okay, the word of wisdom, okay. To another, just so you know that sound is those that are familiar with this building, when it's really windy outside, I think one of the turbines is blowing really hard, so that's all that is. You can ignore that, okay. <laughs> I promise nothing is dying out there. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the what? Through the same Spirit. Okay, let's keep going. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings. That's what we're talking about tonight. By the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as we will. No. As He wills. You guys heard me I brought this up several times over the years, and it's just such a good example. I was talking to a believer one time, and he was upset that he couldn't control the gifts of the Spirit. 
That sounded like sacrilege to me. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, but we can't get them to work when we want them to work. I said, that's exactly right. According to Scripture, it is as he wills. If they're when we want them to work, you know, humans would turn that into money. You had a gift that you could just do something every time, the same thing, tell somebody's future or get them healed right then every time, get the Spirit of God to manifest every time, we'd turn that into a parlor trick or magic. Say, man, come, man, come to the tent, 15 bucks a pop, I can, I can do this for you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. No, no, that'd be weird. So it is as He wills. He has control over it, not us. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now what does the next verse say? For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Now, there are scholars that believe that all the gifts of the Spirit that have been divided amongst the church equal the gifts of the Spirit that were in operation in the life of Jesus. Isn't that powerful? See, because we're called the body of Christ. Scripture says He was given the Spirit without measure. So you had all the gifts in operation in His life except for what? The gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues because the Holy Spirit had not been sent yet. Jesus had not gone back to heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit. But all the gifts of the Spirit were in operation in His life. And now that Jesus is gone, by the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit manifest through the body of Christ, which is you, which is me, okay? Believers who have accepted Jesus have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, let's go to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. And this is New Living Translation. Look at what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the whom? To the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So He came. He was anointed to bring healing, all right? He was anointed to bring healing. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it came upon Him, Even though he was God in the flesh, Scripture does not record that Jesus did any miracles until he was baptized and until the Holy Spirit came upon him. So all the way up to the age of 30, there's no record of him doing any miracles. There are some other Bibles out there, I think, that claim that Jesus did may have done some other miracles before that, but that is we can't substantiate or justify that. According to Scripture, his ministry began at 30 after the Holy Spirit had come upon him. So that's powerful. He was God in the flesh, but we didn't see any kind of power or healing or miracles in the life of Jesus until the Holy Spirit had come upon him at the age of 30. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And he did all kinds of wonderful works, didn't he? Healed the sick, did all kinds of stuff. So, I want to differentiate tonight between being healed by faith and being healed when there's a manifestation of the gift or the gifts of healings. Okay? You can always receive, and I've got to say this, I've got, I've got to iterate and reiterate this, you can always receive your healing by faith. Always. It's between you and God, but at some point you believe and you've, you've been faithful with it, God can and will heal you, all right? Sometimes you say, man, they didn't get healed. Well, I don't understand it. It's not on the giving end. It's on the receiving end. We don't know why, 
but sometimes people don't receive their healing. It's not because of, it's not God's fault. Okay? So you can receive your healing simply by believing. You don't have to wait for a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. All right? So you can receive by believing. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. I tell you, Jesus said, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Powerful. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Scripture explains Scripture. Later on in the Bible, it talks about how if you, we pray according to His will, He hears us. Okay? So, I mean, any, anything at all, according to His will, you ask in Jesus' name. If you believe it, it's yours. It may take some time, though, sometimes. How many of you know it requires patience? Faith works with patience. It, doesn't just, it just doesn't happen right now. Right now, I want it right now. Okay? How long? Let me ask you a question, James. You kind of signal. How long have you been waiting for a house to get a house? A long time? Quite, quite a while. Noe and Adrian, how long y'all been waiting to build a house? How many? That was two years after y'all. Wow. No, we don't let don't let her mess with me about dates because it's gonna get bloody in here. I'm just messing. <laughs> I'm just messing. No. You've been you've been believing since y'all got married, basically. Dream house, since forever. And 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 God is answering your prayer. It's taken a while, Sister Debbie. How long did you believe God for a house before you got one? This, is this going to be an interesting, this might be an interesting question, might be an interesting answer. <laughs> really? I'm so glad you said that because then I have a scripture for that too. Mm-hmm. So you... You got a house after that. <laughs> and God helped you pay it off, I believe. <laughs> Miracle. Miracle of miracles. Praise God. Anybody else? You, it took a while. Yes, ma'am. Twenty years later, you are a fountain of youth. Praise God. You are as Adam and Eve. That is amazing. Praise God. We, um, I don't remember exactly how long. No, you know what? Jen and I, we got married in 2006. And we lived in a couple of places. And, uh, man, we were ready for our own house for the privacy. And uh, Jen wanted a yard and grass. She comes from North Carolina, so she likes grass and stuff. She just likes green grass. And so, uh. It took us about five years, but we were believing, and we got to a place where we started looking. And at the time, the market had changed so drastically. This was in 2011, okay? Houses have continued to go up since. This is in 2011, and people were like, man, how are y'all going to get a house? How are y'all going to afford a house? I don't know, but God worked a miracle, and we got a house. And here we are. We've been there seven and a half years, and it's been awesome. And we're believing God for other things now, and it takes, someone say it, it takes patience. It takes patience, man. You believe in God for something, don't give up. 
Don't give up. It's like you saying, you know what, I'm going to start going to the gym today. Okay. So it's Wednesday. It's April what, the 10th? You say, man, man, by April 17th, the week, I want to have just muscles. Next week, I want to look like a different man or a different woman. It doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a superhero body after a week, and you, w- you went to the gym four times, five times. Maybe you were intense and went seven times. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. It requires patience, putting the time in. In the same way, your faith requires patience. you got to put the time in and believe and speak and believe and speak. And how many of you know that the most important time when you're waiting for an answer to your prayer is after you've prayed and believed and you've seen nothing yet? That is so important because you can determine the answer to your prayer by complaining. Say, well, you're probably not going to get it. Or you're just believing and praising God and it's on its way and I'm telling you, something's going to happen. You'll see. You will see. So you can receive healing by just believing God. Or there can be a sovereign move of God's Holy Spirit. Man, the anointing falls and God's presence falls in a meeting or at your house or at a Bible study or just, just somewhere and God's presence falls and you're just healed. You didn't even have time to believe. You didn't know and you're just healed. That's one of the gifts of healings. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Matthew 15, 29. I love studying the life of Jesus. Scripture says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus. I love this right here. And what? He healed them all. Look at verse 31. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made what? Well, the lame were walking and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Miracles. Gifts of healings. It doesn't, it doesn't mention their faith there. Now, I know that there's times where your faith is mixed as well. You come believe in God and it's according to your faith. But sometimes it's just a gift of healing, man. There's a gift of the Holy Spirit that's just working there. Let's go to Mark chapter 7, verse 31. Mark 7, 31. Jesus left Tyre and went back or went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the ten cities or ten towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment. A deaf person with a speech impediment is deaf mute. They can't speak. Why? Because they can't hear well, right? So they can't hear how words are pronounced. So they're deaf. And because they're deaf, they can't speak. We knew a little deaf girl growing up, and I don't remember her name. She was the cutest little sweet thing, and she, she spoke with just sounds. She wanted to speak so bad, but she couldn't hear, so she would just make sounds, okay? So this gentleman was, was deaf and mute. and he, A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his what? To lay his hands on the man to heal him. That's powerful. Jesus led him away from the crowd. This is a really unusual story. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. He put his, whoa, back up, just one. He put his, there you go. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Now this, like what, what is he doing? He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. That's like, what, what, what was he doing? Like, man, he's God in the flesh. He was being led by the Spirit. I don't know exactly, but that's what he felt led to do. So he put his Fingers in the man's ears, and then he spit on his own fingers, and he touched the man's tongue. Wow, that's interesting. And then what happened? Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, 
Ephatha, which means be opened. Somebody say, be opened. Wow, that's interesting. So he put his fingers in the man's ears, right? And then he spit on his fingers and touched the man's tongue. That's odd, huh? Very, very unusual, even for Scripture. And the guy wasn't complaining, man. It was Jesus. Like, man, this dude heals people. This dude stopped a funeral. Can you imagine? Do you think that was faith necessarily? No, it was God's faith. Jesus one time stopped a funeral, and there was a woman walking alongside in the funeral procession. She was a widow, and it was her only son. And Jesus stopped the funeral and said, woman, please don't cry. Man, get up. That's, a, that's one of the gifts of healings, okay? So Jesus had a track record. So this dude's like, like what? Jesus said, be opened. Be open. Let's keep reading. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. That's also a gift of the working of miracles, because he was healed, but now all of a sudden he could talk and he couldn't hear. He couldn't hear before, but now all of a sudden he can talk as well. That is a miracle from heaven. Okay? So now he can hear. Now he can speak. Okay, what's the next verse? Jesus told the crowd... It was interesting that Jesus would do this. He told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the what? The news. <laughs> uh, did I go to verse 37 on that one? What does the next verse say there? Or did we? They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. <laughs> he even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. Remember, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not to give us glory. They're to give God glory. They're to give God glory. So if you have someone who wants to control the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're one in glory, right? Yeah, they want a circus sideshow. They want to be a superhero. They want to be a Marvel superhero. They want to be in the next Marvel movie or something. It is for God's glory. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 9, verse 37. Luke 9, 37. The next day after they had come down the mountain, a large crowd met Jesus. A man in the crowd called out to him, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, my only child. An evil spirit keeps seizing him, making him scream. It throws him into convulsions so that he what? He foams at the mouth. It batters him and hardly ever leaves him alone. This kid was demon-possessed. I begged your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. <laughs> wow. How long must I be with you and put up with you? Then he said to the man, bring your son here. Talk about authority. Look at the next verse. As the boy came forward, the demon knocked him to the ground and threw him into a violent, violent convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, and he did what? He healed the boy. So I believe this was the gifts of healings taking place, also the authority of Jesus, right, to be able to cast out the evil spirit, also the gift of the working of miracles, probably the gift of special faith as well. Then he gave him back to his father. That was verse 42. And then awe gripped the people as they saw this majestic display of God's power. Majestic display. Majestic means drawing attention. It's big. It's huge. What's the word that the millennials use? Epic. It's big and noticeable so that everybody can see. Okay? Let's go to John chapter 5, verse 1. John 5, 1. I'm not going to go much longer, so we're going to wrap it up soon so you can go eat next door. I know you're hungry. I think I hear your stomach growling. I'm just kidding. John 5.1. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. All right? Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool 
of Bethesda with five covered porches. We got to go see this area. Crazy. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for how long? 38 years. I haven't been alive much longer than that. So this guy had been sick a long time. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I love how God, (laughs) Jesus would ask questions. Jesus always asks questions. Would you like to get well? What does the man say? I can't, sir. (laughs) I can't make myself well. Kind of an interesting question. Jesus didn't really ask him that. Did you notice that? He says, would you like to get well? That seems like a simple yes or no answer, right? But he's like, I can't. He took it to another level. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Now, according, according to Jewish tradition or whatever, don't know if it was a myth or what, they believed that the, there was an angel that would trouble the waters. And the first one into the water, after the waters were troubled or they bubbled up, would get healed. Kind of an interesting story there. Okay, Jesus said, I don't need all that. I don't need the water to bubble up. Okay, He told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. That is powerful. Just get up and walk. Gifts of healings. All right? So tonight, here's what I want to say, and I want to state it emphatically. God's will is perfect healing. If you're able to, I want you to be here this Sunday. We're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about how we can really live fully alive. How? How we can do that. All right? And one of the ways you get to live fully alive is really by knowing God. And you need to know this about God is that He wants you healed. He wants you blessed. He wants your needs taken care of. doesn't mean you're not going to have suffering in life. Right? Even in Scripture, Jesus said, man, whoever's given up mother and father and brothers and sisters and homes and lands for my sake will receive all of that a hundredfold in this life with what? Persecutions. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble for the name of Jesus. We're going to go through stuff. In this world, we will have trouble, Jesus said in John 16, 33. We're going to have trouble. But he's always going to bless you. He's always going to bless you. He promised to do that. Scripture says that. Man, even in the midst of trouble, God is always going to bless you. Jesus told this dude, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So we see that God's will, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we know that God's perfect will is that we be healed. So God's will is perfect healing. God wants the best for us. You agree? God wants the best for us. What is the best for you? I don't know. I don't know exactly. I know healing is one of the things. I know that you'd be blessed in your marriage and that you have blessed children and that your prayers be answered and that you'd be saved and that you'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. According to Scripture, I believe that is God's best for you, that your relationships be healthy and sound, that you share your faith, that you be connected to a local body. I believe that is God's best for you. But what else is there? I don't know. Between you and God, I know some things that I know that God wants you to have and He wants to do in your life, but He wants the best for you. We were created... In his image. So that means you are important. That means you have significance. That means you have eternal weight. That means if you're created in his image, you're created to live forever. Say, man, but one day I'm going to die here. I know. One day we will, but your spirit won't. Your spirit and your soul will go on forever. Somewhere, right? You've accepted Jesus, that will be in heaven forever 
Because you were created in his image. And if you were created in his image, you were created to be blessed and honored and favored and to love and be loved in this lifetime, even with persecutions, even with problems. Let's be honest right now. How many of you, I love surveys. How many of you have some problems right now? Raise your hand. I'm going to raise my hand. Because I feel like when we need a miracle, it's a problem that we need God to solve, huh? That's just one way of looking at it. And we need, we need miracles, man. We do. We have needs from God. So praise God. You're serving the right one, man. Do you guys remember those? Were they Pepsi commercials? Ray Charles singing? You got the right one, baby? Uh-huh. You remember those commercials? Some of y'all are too young. Y'all don't remember. Y'all don't remember. Do you remember landlines? CDs? Okay. I'm just checking. Some of y'all are young in here, which is a good thing. You know what? Let's pray tonight together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just want to make sure, is there anybody in the house who needs to make Jesus their Lord and Savior tonight? You need to accept Jesus. You say, man, I'm choosing life. I choose Jesus. If I die, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to go to be with Jesus in heaven. Is there anybody in here who says, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? Would you raise your hand? Anybody at all? You've never accepted Jesus. I just need to make sure. I need to make sure because that's so important. All right, let's move on then. Here's what I want you to pray tonight. I want you to pray and ask God to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. If that's never happened to you, ask him now, and he's going to do it for you, either tonight or soon, but he's going to do it for you. And then I want you to go on and say, you know what, Lord? I want you, in Jesus' name, to begin to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want you to ask him that. In Jesus' name, go ahead. While you're praying there, go ahead. Say, Lord, I want you to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life, God. I want to see your power in my life, not for my glory, but for your glory. God, I want to be a funnel and a vessel and a willing glass of your presence so that you can pour into me and I can pour out onto others. You can give to me and I can give to others. Scripture says, freely you have received, now freely give. And I want to challenge everybody in this house. You've already accepted Jesus. Nobody raised their hand tonight to accept the Lord. God is calling you to give like never before. You say, man, does that mean giving money? Maybe. Does it mean giving time? Maybe. Does it mean sharing your faith and giving what God has given you? Oh, yeah, because Scripture says, freely you have received, now freely give. It's your time to give. You've been wondering and waiting and saying, man, what can I do? Man, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. You say, man, I'm not a good speaker. Yeah, but you may be a good cook. You could bake a cake and take it to a neighbor. You say, man, I, I'm not a good cook. Uh-huh, but you could help your neighbor with trash in their yard. You can lend a lawnmower to them. You can be a, a kind and giving and loving person. You can be someone to listen to, or someone to talk to for, for a neighbor or a friend or a relative. You know what? Start somewhere, even if it's small. According to Scripture, you don't want to despise the day of small beginnings. It all has to begin somewhere. It all has to begin somewhere. According to the Lord, according to His Word, He's glad that the work has begun, even if it's small. Even if it started, God is already glad that the work has begun. So where do you need to begin? You say, man, but I'm, I'm just trying to work on me right now. How do you work on you? Well, you accept Jesus. You begin seeking God. It's that simple. 
You pray and read the word, and then you start to give. That's real simple. Pray, read, and give. Really, start to give. That's how you work on yourself. That's how God begins dealing with you, working with you, helping you to take the focus off of yourself by loving someone and giving to them, being available, praying for them. And they don't have to know you're praying for them all the time. Say, man, I need to start somewhere. Start praying for somebody now. Start praying for them now. You can start now. Praise God. We thank you tonight, Father. We thank you because you're good. We thank you because you're holy. We thank you because your word, I believe, has fallen on good ground. Your word, according to Scripture, will not return unto you empty. It will accomplish what you send it to accomplish, God. And I thank you, Father, that your word has gone out. And Lord, as your messenger, I just give the word, and the results are up to you. This is your church, God. Even as pastor, I say, God, I can't build a church. I can't build anything. According to Scripture, Lord, it's your church and you will build your church so that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You will build your church. You will build your church. I can't build your church. I can help in different areas, God, in my calling, in my place, in my small, my small contribution, but God, you will build your church and we trust you to build your church. This is your kingdom, God, not ours. And I thank you, Father. We commit to give. We commit to serve. We commit to love. In Jesus' name, commit to serve and give and love. Take your eyes off yourself. It's easy. It's easy, even if you're not even that. I know that we're naturally selfish to a point, but even folks that aren't even that selfish, it's easy to put our eyes and leave it on ourselves. Just, just focus on ourselves. I need this. I need that. I'm praying for myself. I need to feel better. I need to do better. I'm struggling with this. You know what? Set your eyes on Jesus and begin to set your eyes on others. Who can you help? Who can you invite to church? Who can you give a ride to? Who can you help with putting gas in their gas tank? Who, tank? Who can you pray for? Who can you share your faith with? Who can you love and just be kind to? Did you know I just love? I believe part of my calling in life is just being kind to people. Just being kind to people. It's that simple. I don't tell them about Jesus every single time. I invite people to church. I let them know what I do. I talk about God. But there's times I'm just kind to people. I hold open a door. I love them. And I give that as my offering to God. Because I love people, and that's God's creation. So how can you serve? How can you give? How can you love? Ask God to use you with acts of service. Ask God to use you in serving others and loving others. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Use your people. Use us as vessels of honor, God, as vessels of gold and silver. And let our foundation, God, be right standing in holiness with you. According to Scripture, God, the books of Timothy refer to it. Lord, let that be our foundation because that is your foundation, so it's ours now. Is, is, is living holy, living right, living set apart, God. What do you have for your people? There's somebody in here tonight, and I believe this by the Spirit of God. I mentioned this in my Bible study last night. But I feel like I need to elaborate in here. God has asked you to do something, and it's time for you to do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know who this is referring to. I believe it's more than one person. I believe it's several people tonight. By the Spirit of God, I have a knowing tonight, and I believe that it's time for you to step out in faith on what God has asked you to do already. Don't make it bigger than it is. Just do it already, like Nike says. Just do it. It's time to step out in faith and do it. You know who you are. I do not. God knows who you are. I do not. 
I don't know who this is referring to, if it's with a business. I don't know if it's with, with restoring fellowship with someone and re- reconciling and saying, I'm sorry. Or, or forgiving someone and telling them that you've forgiven them. Or investing in something. Or making a change here or there. Or getting together and starting a Bible study, a connect group. I don't know what it is. I really don't. This is not for anyone in particular. I believe God is speaking to someone, several somebodies tonight. God is saying, go ahead and do what I've asked you to do already. You ask God for certain things, and God's response was, okay, yes, you're going to be blessed. Now do this. I'm asking you to do it, and maybe you still haven't done it. And now is the time, now is the season. Go ahead and step out and do it in Jesus' name. You know who you are, and I believe you know what it is. So go ahead and do that. God's speaking to me about some things like that in my own life, and it's time. It's time. It's time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we agree tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord. I believe somebody in here has asked, you know what, God? How can I ever have faith like that? And God's answer to you is, you is it's simple. He answers you with his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you hear and hear by the word of God, you step out in faith. And when God answers your prayer and he does stuff, when you step out in faith, your faith grows. And you say, I can do that, and I can do more next time. I can do that, and I can see my faith develop. God did this for me. He'll do this for me now. King David said, you know what? When he was speaking to the giant, he said, I killed a bear and a lion, and now the same God that gave me the power to kill a bear and a lion, I'm going to kill you. He told that to a giant. A giant was way bigger, way stronger, way smarter, way faster. Way more dangerous than the bear and the lion. But David said, the same God that gave me the power to kill the bear and the lion is going to empower me to kill you. Because you've spoken out against God. (laughs) And that that giant, no doubt, was demon-possessed. And David took care of him. And God brought a great victory to Israel that day against the Philistines. In the same way, as you step out in faith in the little, you're faithful in the little, You'll be faithful with much. God is saying, be faithful in this area. I'm asking you to step out in. Now step out and do it, and I'm going to reward you, and you will, you will see my faithfulness, God says. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We trust you. We give you all the glory tonight. We thank you because you're faithful. We thank you because you're good. We thank you because you're God. We thank you because you are manifest in the flesh in the person of Jesus. And now you've sent the Holy Spirit who empowers us, guides us, leads us, helps us, advocates for us, counsels us, comforts us, helps us. We thank you, Father. We give you all the praise.